Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is January 23rd, 2022. And uh, tonight's speaker, well, I believe it could it, um, possibly Polcat or Michael Joseph, whichever one that has something that they want to bring forward. But either way, welcome everyone. You there, brother? Yeah, I'm here, Jim. Uh, I've got a little bit I could start out with. Hopefully, uh, I think it's something that MJ could really build on. Okay, he's not in here yet, but I just, uh, he didn't come in last time either, so I don't know what's going on with him. But, uh, you know, brother, you know, take it away. Okay. Well, you know, being around White Wolf as long as I was, uh, I got into the business of uh, always looking and collecting books. And, you know, every once in a while, you run into a real gem, uh, just a diamond in the rough. And I, I have done that. This book is called The Most Dangerous Superstition. And uh, I'm going to read just part one here. We're just the intro, and then I'm going to just kind of pick just a, a random, uh, uh, just I'm going to basically just randomly open the book. But after what we went through last weekend, you know, on a, on a carnal level in the scriptures, the last command that the people was given was to come out of her, my people. Well, come out of what? And that's kind of where we're at, not only as a nation, but in the world. Because the people are seeing how the systems are set up, and they're not really set up for your benefits, so to speak. Um, Generational wealth, that's not allowed um, through inheritance tax and whatever else. But I want to get started reading this book. And... I just want people to kind of just stop and consider what's being said here. It goes, how many millions have gazed upon the brutal horrors of history with its countless examples of man's inhumanity to man and wondered aloud how such things could happen? The truth is, most people wouldn't want to know how it happens because they themselves are religiously attached to the very belief that makes it possible. The vast majority of suffering and injustice in the world today and spanning back thousands of years can be attributed to a single idea. It's not greed or hatred or any other emotions or ideas that are usually blamed for the evils of society. Instead, 
Most of the violence, theft, assault, and murder in the world is the result of a mere superstition, a belief through almost universal, uh, though almost universally held, runs contrary to all evidence and reason. Through, of course, those who hold the belief do not see it that way. The punchline of this book is easy to express, albeit difficult for most people to accept or even to calmly and rationally contemplate. You see, the belief in authority, which includes all belief in government, is irrational and self-contradictory. It is contrary to civilization and morality and constitutes the most dangerous and destructive superstition that has ever existed. Rather than being a force for order and justice, the belief in authority is the arch enemy of humanity. Of course, nearly everyone is raised to believe the exact opposite, that obedience to authority is a virtue, at least in most cases, that respecting and complying with the laws of government is what a civilized and that disrespect for authority leads only to chaos and violence. In fact, people have been so thoroughly trained to associate obedience with being good that attacking the concept of authority will sound to most people like suggesting there is no such thing as right and wrong. No need to abide by any standards of behavior. No need to have any morals at all. But that is not what is being advocated here, quite the opposite. Indeed, the reason the myth of authority needs to be demolished is precisely because there is such a thing as righting wrong. It does not matter how people treat each it does matter how people treat each other, and people should always strive to live moral lives, despite the constant authoritarian propaganda claiming otherwise. Having respect for authority and having respect for humanity are mutually exclusive and diametrically opposed. The reason to have no respect for the myth of authority is so that we can have respect for humanity and justice. There is a harsh contract, contrast between what we are taught is purpose of authority to create peaceful and civilized society and the real-world results of authority in action. Flip through the history book, and you will see that most of the injustice and destruction that has occurred throughout the world was not the result of people breaking the law, but rather the result of people obeying and enforcing the laws of the various governments. The evils that have been committed in spite of authority are trivial compared to the evils that have been committed in the name of authority. Nevertheless, children are still taught that peace and justice come from authoritarian control and that despite the flagrant evils committed by authoritarian regimes around the world throughout history, they are still morally obligated to respect and obey the current government of their own country. They are taught that doing as you are told is synonymous with being a good person. 
and that playing by the rules is synonymous with doing the right thing. On the contrary, being a moral person requires being on the personal responsibility of judging right from wrong and following one's own conscience, the opposite of respecting and obeying authority. The reason it is so important that people understand that this is the primary danger posed by the myth of authority is to be found not in the minds of the controllers in government, but in the minds of those being controlled. One nasty individual who loves to dominate others is a trivial threat to humanity unless a lot of other people view such domination as legitimate because it is achieved via the laws of government. The twisted mind of Adolf Hitler by itself posed little or no threat to humanity, but it was when millions of people who viewed Hitler as authority and thus felt obligated to obey his commands and carry out his orders, who actually caused the damage done by the Third Reich. In other words, the problem is not that evil people believe in authority. The problem is basically good people believe in authority, and as a result end up advocating and even committing acts of aggression, injustice, and oppression, and even murder in the name of authority. The average status one who believes in government, while lamenting all the ways in which authority has been used as a tool for evil, even in his own country, will still insist it is possible for government to be a force for good, and while still imagining that authority can and must provide the path to peace and justice. People falsely assume that many of the useful and legitimate things that benefit human, uh, human society require that the existence of government. It is good, for, the, for example, for people to organize for a mutual defense, to work together to achieve common goals, to find ways to cooperate and get along peacefully, to come up with agreements and plans that better allow human beings to exist and thrive in a mutual beneficial and nonviolent state of civilization. But that is not what government is. Despite the fact that governments always claim to be acting on behalf of the people and that of the common good, the truth is governments by its very nature is always a direct opposition to the interest of mankind. Authority is not a noble idea that something, that something goes wrong, nor is it a basic valid concept that sometimes is corrupted from top to bottom, from start to finish. The very concept of authority itself is anti-human and horribly destructive. Of course, most people will find such an assertion hard to swallow. Isn't government an essential part of human society? Isn't it the mechanism by which civilization is made possible because it forces us imperfect humans to behave in an orderly, peaceful manner? Isn't it the enacting of the common rules and laws which allow us to get along, to settle disputes in a civilized manner, and to trade and otherwise interact in a fair and nonviolent way? Haven't we always heard that if not for the rule of law and common respect for authority, we would 
be no better than a bunch of stupid, violent beasts living in a state of perpetual conflict and chaos? Yes, we've been told that. And no, none of it is true. But trying to disentangle our minds from age-old lies, trying to distill the truth out of a jungle of deeply entrenched falsehoods can be exceedingly difficult, not to mention uncomfortable. Now, like I said, I'm going to just go to the middle of the book, and I'm going to just start reading, because I'm going to give the ISBN number, and I hope if anybody wants to read this, they can. It's a really, really eye-opening book. All right. This is called Proud to be Robbed. One of the more bizarre results of the belief in authority is that it causes the victims of government aggression to feel obligated to be victimized and causes them to feel bad if they avoid being victimized. A prime example is the citizen who proclaims that he is proud to pay his taxes, even if he believes that some of what he surrenders is used to fund useful things, roads, helping the poor, etc. To be proud of having been threatened are coerced into funding such things is still strange. Pride in being law-abiding taxpayer is not the result of having helped people, which the person could have done more effectively on a voluntary basis. The pride becomes from having faithfully obeyed the commands of a perceived authority. By analogy, a man may feel good about having freely given to someone in need, but he would not take pride in getting robbed by a poor man. Probably the only situation in which anyone brags about having been forced to do something occurs in the context of one who believes he is obligated to obey a perceived authority. Having been trained to view obedience as a virtue, People want to feel good about surrendering what they've earned to the government. And so, with the help of political propaganda, they hallucinate that their contributions are actually helping society as a whole. They speak as if paying taxes means giving back to society or investing in the country. Such rhetoric, as common as it is, is logically nonsensical since it implies that every one of the individuals who make up society or the country somehow owes a debt to a group as a whole, but is owed nothing in return. What people are actually doing when they pay taxes is giving money not to society or the country, but to the politicians, which make up the ruling class to spend however they please. The implication, as odd as it is, the people can benefit as a whole by every one of the people being robbed individually. The idea that the common good is better served by politicians spending everyone's money than it is or that it would be served by each person spending his own money is a strange concept to say the least. Recently, the lie of taxes serving the common good has become more transparent as government have spent astronomical amounts of money on things which obviously serve the elite at the expense of society and humanity. This would include warmongering, 
direct multi-billion dollar redistribution schemes benefiting the richest people in the world, a.k.a. bailouts, and government takeovers of various segments of the economy, as in healthcare industry, among others. In fact, there is nothing average people could financially support that would be less helpful to society and humanity in general than simply paying taxes. Whenever things, whatever things a person views as worthwhile, schools, road def defense, helping the poor, etc., he could just as easily support without going through politicians and government. Yet many people specifically express pride for having surrendered the fruits of their labors to their masters, having paid their taxes. Consider how someone would be viewed who proudly proclaimed, I lied on my tax return and avoid paying $3,000 to the government and gave the 3000 to a really good charity instead. Many people would still condemn such a person for his criminal dislo disloyalty to the, to the masters. Even if the person's actions better served humanity than simply paying his taxes would have. This is because pride expressed by many people does not come from helping humanity, but from obeying authority. There is little or no chance that anyone would voluntarily contribute, contribute his own wealth to every one of the programs and schemes now funded via government. And if he hands over money only because some law or other authority compelled him to, then he expressed pride in having done so. He is in essence boasting of, of having been forcibly dominated, precisely the way thoroughly indoctrinated slave might take pride in serving his master well. There is a big difference between feeling good about having voluntarily supported some worthy cause and taking pride in being subjugated. Instead of being offended at the insult and injustice of being coercively controlled and exploited, in fact, instead of even recognizing that the injustice Many victims of government's oppression feel profoundly loyal to their controllers. As Gary would say, Bubba Rubba, if that isn't the world we're living in today, I don't know what it is. I'm telling this you. This book is called The Most Dangerous Superstition, and it's by Larkin wow. Rose. Larkin, L-A-R-K-E-N, Rose, R-O-S-E. And the ISBN number is 978-1-62407-169-0. And I recommend it to anybody. Because it's going to make you step, step back and think. See, what does the scripture say? It says, choose you this day what you shall serve. Just like at 1 Samuel chapter 8, when the people chose a king to lead them like nations round about. Well, that's a government. Yeah. You see, when we realize that we are the king, that's why we don't have a king mm -hmm. in this country. We are the king. 
But we're waiting. We, you see, scriptures say that all of creation, all of nature is patiently awaiting the manifestation of the sons of light. It's waiting for us to put on, put on this crown of righteousness. Amen. This breastplate, this armor of God. Gird our loins with truth. What is truth? See, the truth is really what we serve and what we do not serve. And that's really how we think and how we do not think. Just like the question on last week's call, basically, well, what are we going to do? Well, we have to get to a place in our mind that we're more than overcomers. Amen. See, if, if we're created in the image of God, what if that image of God that it's talking about there is in reality our own consciousness? And we're created into what we see. Jeremiah, what seeth thou? I'll hasten my word to perform it. Hallelujah. See, look at, look at Enoch, for he walked and talked with God, and he was perfect, for God took him. For he, he would not see death. You see, he would not see his own destruction. This says, in the days of Noah, the hearts and the minds of man was continuously evil. They haven't yes. overcome this lower mind. They were still looking at the promised land, saying there's giants in the land. Well, what happens whenever you're in the promised land and daggummit, you're the giant? Oh, man of God, come down from that mountain. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, you have to come to a place that we are more than overcomers. We're all going to be changed. Every one of us that go through this fire. Because that's what it is. It's our fiery trial. It's a baptism by fire. But fire is a refiner. It's going to purify us. That, that's the real road, Damascus. Because what, what what was Damascus steel? It was steel that has been hardened in the fire. Yes. Oh, hardened. That means we're walking the the, the road of the of the spirit warrior. Because that's in reality what these people were. They, they were the shaman, the light man, the spirit warrior who put on this whole armor of God. You know, you look at, you know, we've all been like Gideon. You know, look at me, Lord, I, I can't raise up no army here. I mean, look at how weak I am. Now, on the other hand, look at old David over there. David looked at that Philistine. He looked at that giant and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to stand in front of the armies of the ever-living? Amen, brother. He raised himself up to that state of consciousness, of belief, waxing strong, growing in the faith, seeking the sincere milk of the word, daily growing by it. That's the walk every one of us is to walk. Amen, bro. Because that was, that was the pattern. But you see, we get so wrapped up in all the diversions that blind us from who we truly are because we serve in false gods, false belief structures, 
all of these fictions, kind of like O'Neill, you know, we get trapped in this ma- in this matrix of, of created fictitious belief structures. And it isn't until we come to terms and start believing in ourselves that we become the one. Yes, sir. No one can do our believing for us. Faith is a lonely road, but you're never alone. Amen. We end result from the beginning, and we walk that road of faith, holding on to that good that we seek, knowing that it's going to be manifested in our reality. And whenever it happens, and that, that is the day we truly become a, a son or a daughter of the living God, because we have we have practiced this this living law how to manifest and become a law unto ourselves. Isn't that what Romans says? When those who are without <clears throat> yes. law turn to things contained within the law, they then become a law unto themselves? Because we yes. are practicing the true divine law, the spiritual law. The law is spiritual. It's mental. But we have to break the chains of carnality. And that's really the fiery trial that the world is going through right now because they're learning that the true world, true kingdom of God is energetic. It's energy, the flow of energy. They're having to relearn how to feel the feeling, how to dream the dreams, how to visualize it, how to focus on it. We're having to enter into these states. That's Hebrews chapter 4. Yes. They were entering my state of rest while it is yet today. See, see that that's the whole thing. You know, we we're in such great times right now. We are truly getting to live live out prophecy and scripture right now. It's right here, Amen. right here before every one of us to see. Only a blind man couldn't see it in reality. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I, I mean. It's, you know, if, if you're not looking for it, I don't guess you won't see it. But if you are looking for it, it, everything is out on the table right now. Everything done in darkness has been made, made manifest in light. Well, the same thing happens within our own consciousness. See, whatever we put there, that's why it said, you, uh, you shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the God. Well, it calls us to God. Well, you have to think it before you can speak it. And all that speaking is doing is reaffirming the thought. Because the thought is the yes. thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say, the biblical Jesus said, uh, they, shall, uh, they, they speak kindly of me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You see, this, that's what's going on right now. The, the realignment of the hearts and in the minds of the people. You know, they, they're getting a good taste of what's going on, and they're not liking the taste of it one bit. And, you know, there, there truly is a, a famine in the land. They're, they're, they're seeking, they're looking for a way out. And that's one thing good about this call. We really get to discuss ideas. Um, I, I tell you, people, uh, in the archives on this website, if you go to episode 270, it was a long conversation that White Wolf and MJ had probably, I don't know, five years ago. 
But they lay out so much in that episode of what's going on today and the alignment of the minds of the people, the hearts of the people. They laid it out so good. And even Gary said it was probably the most powerful call he'd ever been on. I would recommend everyone go back. Episode 270. It is mind-blowing. It'll knock your socks off, as he would say. But that's really where we're at. You know, we're at a time in history where that prophecy of come out of her, my people. You see, we're not going to vote our way out of this. You know, they, they, they've got the, the deck stacked so deep. That was why, ultimately, it said, come out of her, my people. You see, when Christ returned... <clears throat> One is the kingdom of God. You see, we've been schooled so much in the kingdom of man and man's devices. See, if you look at the prophecy of the Native Americans, they even made the prophecy. Their system, their kingdom, it's going to come and it's going to go. It's not going to last. Because it is a disease to the earth. Because this system does not work lockstep and in harmony with nature. It cannot survive. The only systems that ever have survived any amount of time in history are those that moved with and through nature and was not an adversary to it. I mean, listen to what they're saying right now. They're beating the war drums, wanting to go back to war so bad over in Russia, Ukraine, because this is a war-based economy. If they do not have war, it cannot survive. It's that simple. There's a department of war. Where is the Department of Peace at? It doesn't exist. So, you know, regardless of what we're told, we have to just stand back and look at it for what it is. See, if this, I'll step out on my own personal opinion here, and I'll tell you all what I think. I may be 100 miles off the target here. We'll see. But I really look for something off-world to come in. And I'm not necessarily talking UFO or anything like that. I'm talking whether it be from the sun, whether it be comet action, something. There's going to be something major. See, society always resets at a certain point in time. What happened in the days of Noah? What did Jesus say about the days of Noah? Just as it was in the days of Noah, that's when this will occur. All the signs of Sodom and Gomorrah are here worldwide. When Christ returned, there will be no need for the inventions of mankind. You look at these natives, you know, the tribes of Israel. They were so heavenly minded, there was no earthly good. So you're going to see a complete restructure of society. You see, what they call in the deep state, they're trying their best to capture it so that they can usher in their form, their version. But I really believe that there will be some type of divine intervention, so to speak. Um, 
Because when the hearts and the minds of the people start calling out for salvation, you look at the plagues of of Egypt and how they played out. You see, that's what happens when the hearts and the minds of the people cry out for deliverance. Nature itself rises up on your behalf. The vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Well, how has the Lord always presented himself? As nature. That's why there's such an attack in reality on nature. They holler save the planet, but by golly, they haven't saved nothing. (laughs) See, God is a spirit. There is a spiritual law. And to an extent, you know, these people, they really follow that spiritual law a lot more than what people realize. They will pre-program stuff and they'll show it to you on The Simpsons or any other television show that they got. And as long as they showed you, hey, they, their hands are, are, are clean. Because that's the way it worked. They, they give you, they fired a warning shot. If you didn't, if you didn't see the smoke signs, shame on you. And that's just kind of how these people work. But don't think that they do not understand the universal laws that govern the minds of man because they've used them for thousands of years to maintain control. But it's my opinion that the fulfillment of these prophecies is whenever that control grid goes down, so to speak. And the people go back to the days of the judges like it was in the days of Samuel and Samson. Because the people are the kings. The people are the priests. The people are the prophets. And all the true power has always rested with the people. That's why when they wrote their documents, they made two classifications of people. And you wouldn't recognize, I mean, just just like whenever they use the term person, they, they give that term person the same rights that they give you say you and even more and now you know they that's basically how they they get around the term people they create another term and that's just simply what these people do and you know most people are asleep at the wheel they don't recognize the language that's being used against them you know there's people that go to they get a master's in english and they never took one course on definitions I mean, that's, that's the world we live in. But once we recognize the schooling that's going on, you know, maybe, just maybe we can see beyond the, the, the control grid that's been laid out for us. And we see it how, how it's all put together, how the language is used. And, you know, like it, lump it, or leave it, you know, there, all the ancient landmarks have been removed, right down to, say, habeas corpus or uh, posse comitatus. Habeas corpus was was an ancient writ uh, back in the days when you know you had the hand to hand battles. You had the wounded and stuff out on the battlefield, and the writ of habeas corpus, you you could go get the body. See, nobody owns the body. Your body belongs to the Lord until you talk to government. But what they own in reality is the created fiction, the straw man. 
and they just get you to stand in as the straw man. Yes, sir. Um, you know, well, speaking of which, I was, telling you, I was saying about Hollywood. Let, let's go back here. I'm sure everyone has seen the, the Wizard of Oz. Well, let's look at the Wizard of Oz. First and foremost, Dorothy found out she was not in Kansas anymore. Well, what happened in 37? You see, the Federal Reserve come mainland, and the very first place it set up shop was in Kansas City, Missouri. That was when the people re was removed from off of the land. And it was put in offshore trust by Uniform Commercial Code, UCC-1 filings, birth certificates, Social Security cards. When your straw man was created, that capital letter name on your birth certificate, and um, look at the three main characters with her, just like you have three aspects of the mind. Conscious, subconscious, superconscious. Well, you have... Sorry, brother. Well, you have one. What he, Shoot, he needed a brain. Another one, they needed courage. Let me see. A uh, brain, a courage. What was the other one? Uh, a heart. And that's really the three aspects that every one of us need to develop to overcome. The little dog Toto represented the totality. If you look at the good witch of the East, the wicked witch of the West, that would be your left and your right hemispheres. They're on the yellow brick road. They're on the road of money. Because you're now a commodity. You're a human resource. And you're not supposed to pay any attention to the man behind the curtain, you know, pulling all the strings, claiming that he's an authoritative figure. What you're not supposed to know is that you've had the power all along. See, it was in the feet. Had to click your heels. See, the feet is symbolic of your understanding. You've had the power all along. You just didn't have the understanding of what was going on around you. A lot of folks in this country, they're over there in the poppy fields, drugged out of their mind. It's a very, one of the most esoterical movies ever put out <laughs> by Hollywood. They were telling you a lot more than, you know, it, it was a parable. It was a story that had a much deeper meaning, and it was really talking about how the mind works. You see, they created the land of Oz. They created the matrix. And all of these people is lost in this matrix. You see, they they, they fighting for the god of the matrix. They call it the moon, the monai, money. It's just paper and ink is all that it is nowadays. Just Paper and ink, it, I mean, almost like your Charmin in your bathroom. You know, it, it's paper and ink, and it, people will kill each other for it. What, what is your value in this world? It's whatever is, is in the bank. Now, let me show you a little secret about that money. You know, the, the, the symbol for health, if you look at the caduceus, it's a serpent going up a pole. Now look at the symbol of money. Is it not the serpent going up a pole? 
What did they say about the Antichrist? He would put all the garments of God and try to stand in God's place. See, I've said it before and once again, while most people is waiting for the Antichrist to come, I'm waiting for his tail to leave. <laughs> because it's, and it's a system. Yes, sir. It's what you think. It's what you do. That's why the mark is in your head. It's on your hands. That was what Neo and the Matrix had to learn. You see, they had to tap into the mind to go into the Matrix. Once they'd done that, his actions is what made the difference. See, what you think, what you do. The whole system is antichrist because they're not leading you to the divine within you. Well, I could almost take that back because in reality, that's exactly what they're doing. The more tyrannical they come, they become, the more you're going to start searching for answers. And when you get to the point to where you can't find no answers out here, you're going to start looking for answers within. And that's when you'll finally start making headroom. Because that's the only place the answers will come from. I mean, like this book here, you know, it might give you little tools and different ways to look and perceive and think. But ultimately, what you call it, that's what it's going to be. It's how we set our minds. If we set our minds to fail, we've already failed. But if we've set our minds to be more than overcomers, we've become that spiritual warrior to where we can go in, close our eyes, take some deep breaths, relax at our core, and do like a child does. Do like a little five-year-old does. Learn to dream again. If you could have your cake and eat it too, what would it look like? What would it feel like? What would it smell like? What would it taste like? See, we're, we're not forsaken people. We have only forsaken ourselves. That's the real secret of Jesus on the cross. Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? I didn't forsake you. You've only forsaken yourself. It's only now that you've cried out for deliverance, son. See, when you work, then I can work with you. Jeremiah, what seest thou? Then I'll hasten my word to perform it. But you're going to start doing some looking. Yes, sir. See, that's the way, that's the path we all have to take. And in reality, this law is manifesting within each and every one of us right now, whether we know it or not. The difference is, is are we directing it for our good, good, and very good? That's the only difference. See, that, that was the difference. When, when, when the biblical Gideon raised his army of 300, you see, three aspects, he had to go down to the water. He chose his men from the, from the living water, and he looked at how they, how they took water to drink. See, some of the men, they dropped it on all fours, and they lapped it like a dog, so to speak, just put their head in the water, while other men squatted by it, and they, they drew up water in their hand, and they pulled it up to their face. And the ones that drew water that way were the 300 that he pulled for his army. You see, they represented the one who learned how to be aware. 
He wasn't like the like the animal, the unregenerated, unclean beast. He is the one who practiced awareness. He used what the good Lord gave me. He's using his mind, so to speak. Amen. Those were the ones that he wanted. You see, he wanted these spirit warriors in reality. Because once you get fire pardoned and tested, you know, there's no going back down that road again. You, you could never turn back. That's why the Bible says great peace and confidence come to those who know, love, and apply my law. Because it never, ever fails. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these, some of these, uh, these prayers might take 10 years to manifest. Some of them can be instantaneous. And some of them can be prayed for the wrong reasons and they don't get manifested. You see, that's, that's the part for us to learn, to grow. You know, a lot of people, they want to, well, I tried this and it didn't work and I quit. No, this is a path. This is something we fall in love with the process. This is, these gifts are only given to the true seeker, the one who's really looking for them, because they will manifest, but all in due season. But these gifts are in each and every one of us, just waiting for us to farm it, for us to till it, for us to plant it, for us to nurture it, for us to grow it, and for us to reap it. There's a time and a place for everything under the sun, including you, including me. We're not forsaken. We have to quit acting as if we are forsaken. We are only victims of ourselves. And when we realize that, because we were made in the image of God, and that image is whatever we put between our ears. That's the image that we're created in. All these people looking through these carnal eyes, they don't see the gem that's really in that teaching. The true value of it. Because when we learn how to control our thoughts and how to empower our thoughts, how to focus our thoughts, man, oh man, that's where the real power comes in. Everybody want to know how Gary did what he did? That's the real <laughs> secret. Yes, it was the focus. You know, and ultimately, even his instruction was to go and do likewise. You know, he, he wanted, and just, just like with Gideon, he wanted to see an army of these men rise up with these abilities, practicing this, practicing this stuff daily. But I have found that the more we, quote, unquote, get our mind right, in other words, we purge it from all of this fallacy that we've been taught and we've been told, all this idea of these false gods and strange flesh that Israel always fell by. And when we realize that eating from the tree of life is in reality learning how to go within ourselves and farming 
in reality within the kingdom of heaven. This kingdom of delight that we build up, that we heave up, which is what was called heaven. Do we heave it up? There, there's, there's even secrets within that because it's like with a man. When he learns how to breathe, he does the Buddha belly. He's really squeezing his sphincter. He's massaging, in reality, the prostate gland. And if he's uh, practicing certain sexual techniques, so to speak, and serving his, conserving his energies, he's really pushing those fluids up and focusing them up to the, all the way up to the pineal gland, uh, tithing 10% of those fluids back. That's really what it meant to be heaved up into the he in, into heaven, the exalted state. Because when you start doing that, you you will feel that energy rise up into your head. I mean, might even feel a little lightheaded, so to speak. But you, the more you practice, the more results you get. I looked at White Wolf one time, and I was like, man, you're the greatest lover of yourself. And I didn't mean that in a bad way, but I'd never met someone who had showed himself the kind of love that Gary did. And I realized from that perspective is where he found so much love for others. You can't love yourself. Who can you love? And if you can't learn to give yourself good things, in other words, when you're having thoughts that do not benefit you or others around you, cancel, cancel, cancel. I know with myself, I would say, well, if I'm going to sit here and ponder on something, then this is what I'm going to choose. And then I would go straight into that daydream to what I do want. Because every time we're doing that, we're impressing the subconscious mind. We're in, in reality, just as in the old days when you'd take a picture from a, from a camera, you'd have to develop that negative image. We're really creating that negative image within our mind. Amen. So it can be developed, manifested, materialized. Because yes. that is the, 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 the breach between the two realms. We do walk in more than one world. And when we come to terms with just simply who and what we are, whether you know it or not, you are a son or a daughter of the living El because you're practicing that law, that El Shaddai law, every day. The only difference is, are we going to take up our great power and reign? In other words, use it in a way that that multiplies for us. We were told to be fruitful and multiply. We have to learn the law of how to multiply in this spiritual realm. We all learn it on this physical realm, had fun doing it. We can learn it from the spiritual realm and have just as much fun doing it, and it can be twice, ten times as intense. I'll be honest, folks, from what I've experienced from this spiritual side, from this inner world, inner work, there is nothing, <clears throat> nothing out here that compares to it. Hallelujah. When you can 
when you can enter in and the pineal gland activates all the way to the amygdala, corpus callosum, the pituitary, and that cobra, that energy comes up out of your back over the top of your head and rises up over you and shields and broods over you like a hen would over, over her biddies. And you feel that energy all around you. You know that there is something out there so much greater than what you can perceive with your eyes. Amen. And you know that it's right all along. You, you live and move and have your existence within it. And Amen. now, even the idea of, say, death does not even affect you the same way anymore. Because you know what lies beyond this limited realm of perception that we're in right now. And in reality, that's all that it is. It's a limited realm of refracted light. 10% of, of, of what's really going on around us is all we perceive. That's it. That little. We are not forsaken people. We live in a world that in reality, 90% of it, you do not see, you do not recognize. It, it's, it's, see, that was the veil. That was put over the face or over the, the, the door of the temple, so to speak, so that people would not perceive this unlimited power that we live, breathe, and move and have our existence within. That's why you hear the term, you know, earth is, the, is a test for humanity to see if they're going to evolve to the next level of consciousness. I believe that's true. But I'll tell you this. I think that there's some point in time in a person's life he has to ask himself, have I found joy? Have I found love? And if you haven't found those two things, I'm telling you, there's, there, there's something much greater than whatever you're looking for out there. Because within those two, two things, well, faith, hope, love, charity, then those, you know, there's nothing more gratifying within, within those things. If you look at how the tribes were laid out and how they operated and practiced, you know, a man with a lot of possessions was considered rich because he had a lot of things to give away. He wasn't rich because he had stuff that he was storing up on earth. So they kind of like asked Bob Marley, you know, he said, do you have a lot of possessions? He said, do possessions make you rich? <laughs> but that's not, that's not my riches. My riches is life. You see, we're going to fall in love with life. And when we fall in love with that inner kingdom, that is when life truly becomes rich. Because not only do we now have love for ourselves, but we have enough love for others. We have enough love to forgive them. That's one of the biggest things. You know, you know, forgive me of my trespasses, that I forgive those that trespass against me. I can't do that with hate and animosity in my heart. 
And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone else did to me. That's something I have to deal with. That's something I have to get over. And if I've get, if I've gotten over it, the easiest way to get over it is learning how to love them and realize that the only reason that they're acting the way that they're acting is maybe they haven't found that love in their heart yet. Sometimes we can be the great example of that. Someone does you wrong, and you can show them tremendous amounts of love because of it, their hearts are turned. They can, they're only fighting themselves. And the only one that they're running from is themselves. And as a people, that's what we have to do. We have to stop running. Who remembers Outlaw Josie Wells? That old movie. If you remember towards the end of it, he goes before the old Indian chief, Ten Bears. Ten Bears. Ooh, there's a binary. That's a beginning and an end right there, Ten. If you notice Tim Bear, his face was blue. Hmm. Man, it's a higher man. He didn't have on the face of war. Face of war would have been red. The lower man. And he said, with this hand, I come here to die with you. But with this hand, I come here to live with you. Choose you. And you see... That's really where people, the people are. They don't realize it. They think that they have all these choices. But in reality, here we are, and everything that we're doing is in reality a matter of life and death. Well, the Bible said, choose you this day what you shall serve. Choose life. So we have to start identifying all the things within our our realm, within our world, that is not benefiting us to the good, good, and very good. We we can say that it's bringing us a a type of death or a system of death, or it's just not profitable, so to speak. We have to mind our thoughts. We have to know ourselves. And the more that we look, See, now our mind becomes, like the Bible says, like a flinty stone because now we're not tossed to and fro. We're not like a blade of grass that bends any way the wind blows. See, we have, we're standing on our mountain and we're standing on our ground, so to speak, and we're, we're living our best life. You know, here's what people have to realize. You know, the biblical Christian was going to suffer persecution. You have to understand what that means. You have to mean, you, have to mean, you know, they would not be suffering persecution if they was eating the king's meat. I mean, does that make sense, Jim? Yes, sir, it does. See, think about all of them. The, the persecution that they suffered, you think it because they were bootlickers, lapdogs? <laughs> no, sir. It's because that Roman 13, it only applies 
to a godly government. But you have no right, no duty, no obligation to break the law just to keep the legality of it. Now, like I read in this book, you see, we come here knowing right from wrong. And a lot of people right now are standing on the fence of morality. And in reality, they know right from wrong, but they're looking for the courage to stand upon their own principles of what they know to do being right. And here's what I say to that. I say do what's right. You do what's right, and you see, the divine spirit, it moves through each and every one of us. And that sense that you're feeling of right, where does it come from? You see, you are in this field of love. You might not know it. You might not feel it, but it's all around you. It's all within you. See, when it's John 3.16, when it said, when God so loved the world, he gave it his only begotten son, you've got to realize that you're the world that he gave it to. Amen. <laughs> That's right. You're the light of the world, and so am I. Isn't that what Jesus said? Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> see, we have to yes. know who we are. And when we start walking on that, you see, there is no army out here. Like Bob Marley said, have no fear for atomic energy, for none of them can stop at the times. That's right. See, when that movement starts, talk, starts moving, this spirit is going to operate on our behalf, just as oh, it did yes. for the children of Egypt. Yes, sir. So there's no need to fear if we have our minds right. See, Moses was calling out for deliverance on the red, at the Red Sea, and he said, what's in your hand? I've already given you this. We're, we're having our Red Sea moment right now, people. There's a lot of people looking for deliverance. That's why the Bible said, blessed are those that call upon the name of the Lord. It's just patiently awaiting the manifestation of the sons of light. For us to return to our Father's house as the prodigal son, yeah. emanating the world with this divine love, so to speak. Because All when the people folks, start... Go ahead. No, I was just saying, all those stories in the Bible is talking about each of us individually our walk with that divine creator. It's a, its the story of us. And we have to come to the knowledge and understanding of that. That's why he says, don't look on the outward appearance, but look on the inward, because that's where the Father dwells. But it's the story of us and our communion with the Father, that divine spirit within. Absolutely. That's, that's what I was going to say, brother. 
you know it it is truly the story of us but it's it's really the story of the spirit within us this ever living it cannot die but what it can do is experience and it's getting to experience everything that we visualize see at the end of the day no man can stand and say why me god why did you do this to me because in reality we were given our heart's desires why the biblical jesus said for in that day they shall come and say lord lord didn't we do this and you're doing that in your name and he said get away from me for I knew you not, for your heart was far from me. Mm-hmm. See, it's at our core that we change. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Well, go to Second Corinthians 13, chapter 5th and 6th verse, and it tells you, study yourself to see if Christ Jesus is within you. See if you've passed a test, for if not, then you're of a reprobate mind. So if we're going to look for Christ Jesus within us, it's got to be of the mind, because the opposite of that is a reprobate mind. While Paul said, therefore with my mind I serve the laws of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now what happens when we start doing that? Well, when those who are without law turn back, start doing things contained within the law, we then become a law unto ourselves. In other words, we become empowered. See, that is really what these scriptures are laying out. It has nothing to do with a, a weekend business. This has to do everything to do with waking you up and empowering humanity. Not not empowering some artificial governing agency. But it's to wake up humanity so that they can stand on their own two feet. Why the original founding fathers come to this country so that they could practice biblical law and learn self-governance. That's why I challenge anybody. The original government had no federal nothing. All rights was basically within the hands of the state. What the Civil War was was a power grab. It was a takeover. It was a criminal takeover, no different than what you're seeing right now, folks, through the medical industry. It's the same thing. These people do it over and over and over, and then they limit what you can read. They limit the information that you get so that they can hide their crimes. They tear down statues so that you don't remember. They bomb ancient landmarks so that you can't put two and two together and ever figure out what they're doing to you. They're going to tax title and license you from cradle to grave because you are just a resource. And what did Isaiah say? He said, will you be deceived and deluded while they make merchandise of your souls, your lives? Yes. See, the Bible brother, is a lot more than just yes, sir. Need no, to get a little closer? Just something just something to go along with that. Have you ever seen that um the movie it's called The Shack? 
No, I haven't. Uh, I mean, uh, it goes along with the things that you're talking now, and it's, I mean, it's got uh, some lessons in that movie about the creator and about ourselves. And it, it kind of goes right along with, you know, everything you're saying and how we're to not only forgive ourselves and our fellow man, but who is the one standing in judgment and who is the one judging? It is we ourselves, because God judges. The scripture said, God judges no man. It is us that are doing the judgment upon ourselves. Judge not lest you be judged. Correct. Yes, because he's he does not judge any man, woman, or child. We judge ourselves, and even in the scriptures it says, seeing that you have judged yourself unworthily. Because he see, says here's the about he's this, a God of love. See, bringing all of this out in reality is breaking this ancient spell of the dark yes. ages. Yes. We're bringing people out of the dark back into the light. And it's not necessarily that we're doing it. We're just, we're, we're, we're just mere messengers of it with information. That's yes. merely all that we are. We get the honor to disclose it. Amen. But in reality, we're all one, every one of us. Doesn't matter, red, yellow, black, white, even green, I don't care. We're all one. Amen. Just like, just like with, the, with the Spirit, God is one. And when we realize that we're part of that oneness, Maybe, just maybe, we will also realize that we are not forsaken people. No. If you're a son or a daughter of God, what does that really mean? It means that you have inherit, inherit birthrights. The question is, are we going to move with our birthrights? Oh, we're going to try to learn and study what our birthrights are. You see, each and every one of us was given a measure, portion. It's up to us what we do with it. We were given this talent. And what we do with this talent is up to us. You know, yes. some people think I can't, you know, you can't speak. Well, you're going to, you're going to have to decide in your mind that, I'm going to have to practice. Practice makes perfect. If you just decide from the start you can't, then you never will. Amen. You know, every one of us on this spiritual journey, we're like little babies. Little baby comes in the world, he don't know nothing. He's completely dependent to be spoon-fed and taken care of. But you see, the older they get, the more independent they want to become. And that's kind of how we have to. We are in this spiritual realm, you know. We, 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 we have to crawl before we walk. And the more we practice things, the more we enter in, the easier these things become. We have to grow in it. 
I say it all the time. We have to fall in love with the process. But here's the great thing about the process. I want to know who's going to be, who, who's the greatest beneficiary in this? You are. It's the doer that's blessed. Only the doer is blessed. Not the hearer alone, but the doer. That's the greatest thing. And no one can really tell you what to do. In reality, the more you look, the more you search, the more you're going to know the things that trip your ticket because those are your talents. It's not for me or anyone else to tell you what your talents are. But you get to develop those. and They're based upon the contents of your own heart. Some people, you know, they, they really don't want to help someone else. Um, and there's many different ways of doing such, th- such things. But we're at that time, you know, we're about to go into a golden age. They're not going to stop this movement. It's growing too fast exponentially. And, and you know, these, these governments are doing everything they can to hold on to power. You know, here, there, and I'll say this. There's nothing that anybody needs to do as far as government goes. They're destroying themselves. The best thing we can do is stay the hell out of their way because they've destroyed their own credibility. None of us done that to them. They've done that to themselves. So all you get after that is tyranny, and that is based upon complicity. As long as people are willing to comply, they're going to get more of it. You see, here's the thing, people. The future is in our hands. Our destiny is in our hands. Like I said, we don't have to fear atomic energy, and we don't have to go out there and sell guns and roses, so to speak. All we have to do is learn how to think right. Yes. And this divine spirit within us will operate and act on our behalf. That is why every government out there is scared to death of its own population. Yes, sir. Because they know what is within you and what you could truly do if you ever got your mind right and decided. What we, not a matter of you, but we. Because there is power That's in what... numbers. Yeah, that's why they use that saying, you know, they woke up the sleeping giant Mm -hmm. because they want to keep you dumbed down and asleep. Because once you wake up and see and know and understand, you become the giant in the land. No army can come against you because you you are one with the creator, one with the father of all. And they have no power. That's why they're scared and shaking at their knees because they know that when man wakes up, that, I mean, they better run because they know that they have no power. Right now they're trying to go forth, you know, seeking who they can devour, acting as a roaring lion. Oh, I have the power. I'm the one in authority. 
when in actuality each one of us are the authority. The government's supposed to be on our shoulders. But see, we're putting the government on theirs and we're obeying, servants to obey. That's what they're telling us. And we are not their servant. We are the children of the Most High. And we don't have to bow a knee. Just like Joseph said, when they said, bow before Pharaoh. He said, hold the phone here. I bow before no one. I only bow before my creator in humble uh, expectation and a contrite heart. They said, well, that's death, not to obey. He said, well, if it be so, it's so, because I will not bow. I will not bend the knee, but only to my divine creator that is within me. And that's the way we're to be, to act and to do. It's to the doer. It's not to the hearer. It's to the doer. Once we hear it, we need to apply and do it. That's the only way you're going to know if it works or not. You can have all the knowledge in the world. And if you don't apply it and don't use it, it won't do you or anyone else any good. It's only by giving it away that it becomes active and works. And that's what the father said. He became the servant to all. He gave it all so that we might live and be and do as he does. That's what he's telling us. I am you and you are me. And we're to be happy in the father's kingdom. Which is not only, it's a spiritual kingdom, but he also has us here in this physical kingdom. But for us to rule and reign and not let those so-called adversarial natured people rule over us. We're to show forth the love towards one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others, you would have them do unto you. That's fulfilling the law while we're here on this earth. For the spiritual kingdom, I mean, man, he said it's never entered into the hearts and minds of men what he has prepared for us. It's but a glimpse. Well, he's telling you right there, choose you. And within that field, yes. within that kingdom of your choice, I've already prepared it for you. I'm Amen, just waiting brother. for you to ask. You have not because you ask not. And to what Amen. intensity are Amen. you asking? Can you visualize it? Can you get the picture? Can you show me what you truly want? What you truly desire? Yes. And how many other people than yourself is this going to benefit? Yes, sir. See, when we pray in that way, in that realm, and see, that just empowers it that much more. Because oh, it truly yes, is the this prayer. That's why he said, don't pray as the heathen do. You see, we're going to visualize it. We're going to see these things done as if it's the world. 
And we're going to see our good, good, and very good. We're going to see it benefiting those around us. We're going to taste it, touch yes. it, smell it, walk in it, see it, yes. feel it. To the point yes, where we, it's like a dream. You know, when you wake up, can you tell the, could you tell if that dream was really, if it really happened or was I dreaming? I mean, it was so real, I can't tell the difference. See, that's how we're really supposed to visualize when we soak what we call praying. That's really how we're to visualize. Job 33, he tells you in the, in, in the, in the slumber, in the dark of night, in the slumbers of sleep, there I see with his instruction. Well, we're going into that state, and we're seeing these things done. You see, there we're sealing the divine's instruction. We have not because we ask them. We're not forsaken people. We've only forsaken ourselves. And when we realize that, you see, we're no longer victims of our own self. Yes, sir. Brother, I'm just going to step Step away just for a second, and I'll be right back, okay? Okay. There's well, other take people on there. But... Oh, anybody else wants to say anything tonight? Anybody have any questions or comments or anything? Maybe when I come back, we can have a discussion unless the others just want to come in there and say something. I just sure. got to go to the men's room, you know? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jim. I'll be right back. Okay, brother? Sure. I'll tell you what. I'm going to take this opportunity. I want to read something here. And I just want people to kind of just think a little bit. This is uh, actually the lyrics to a song that come out probably, I don't know, 40 maybe even 45 years ago now. And it's lyric, it's, I don't know how much of it here I wrote, but let's see here. It's the beginning lyrics to a song called War Pigs by Black Sabbath. I say that, and of course I haven't grabbed the right paper here. Let's see here, I've got it wrote down here somewhere. Got so many of them here. Well, shoot, I thought I was going to go straight to it, and I didn't do it. I'm sorry, I'm back. Uh, you haven't missed much. I'm looking for a piece of paper here <laughs> I can't seem to find. I, I was going to read but there... I was going to read something here that I'd wrote down, but I can't find it now, and that's about right. But there's, uh, like oh, I was I... saying about that, there's a couple, um, you know, movies that's it's uh, it's spiritually based. If you really pay attention to the movies or what they're really saying and listen to what they're saying, like one of the movies is called the you know the 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 shed. And it's about someone mm -hmm. going through some things and blaming the, blaming everything that's going wrong on the divine. 
And <laughs> I mean, it, it's really eye-opening. And there's another one called A Wrinkle in Time. And if you watch it, it may seem kind of around about corny or kind of sort of like Alice in Wonderland, but it's not. And if you look at the background of what they're saying and what they're doing, even in the props that they're using, it all goes back to what's within you. One is called A Wrinkle in Time, and the other one is called The Shed. I think well, if, you, if you get a chance to watch those, that's very enlightening. I wrote them down. I'm going to look them up. But you know, the, the children of Israel going into the promised land. What was the promised land? The promised land is what you dreamed up. That's your land of promise. That's that's what you Abraham, you wherever you set the soles of your feet, that's what shall be given to you. That's the level of your understanding. Our, our, our understanding. Should, you know, but that is the promised land. See, that is the field of dreams. The the, the abode of our delight. That's why I'm always, you know, we have to learn to give ourselves good things. Amen. You know, whatever you've wanted in life, missing in life, you're worth it. You're worthy of it. Even if someone told you you wasn't, you are. You just have to learn how to ask within yourself. Let this Did he say you were the apple of his eye? Absolutely. Just waiting for us if to he's the mind. apple of your eye, you're the apple of your own eye too. You have to love yourself before you can anyone else. But Jim, that was pretty much what I prepared for tonight. Uh, unless you just kind of want to have a conversation, an open conversation here. Anybody have anything they want to bring up, discuss? Let's see, Sister Donna in there. Sister, you got anything you'd like to share or bring forward? You there, Donna? She's usually there, but sometimes she puts it on mute. You know, I'll say this open, openly and broadly to the audience here. You know, we have to have the courage to live and to live according to our own consciousness, not out of what we think is right according to what someone else necessarily believes. You, you know, you know, you don't have to have somebody tell you not to murder your grandma. You know, right from wrong. Yes, sir. You know, just like in the days of of the revolutionists, we're having to have a revolution here, but it's really a revolution of the hearts and the minds of people returning back to this inner 
fire, this inner spirit, this inner connection, who and what we truly are, learning why we truly come here. We didn't come here to get 52 weeks off a year and work two-thirds of our life for someone else, two-thirds of a year for someone else, and get one-third of your worth because someone else got two-thirds of it. And we call that right and just. In fact, the Bible said a workman's worthy of his hire. You know, we, we've allowed systems to come in. Marcus, Numbers, Labelus, Corrales. Now they're wanting to treat us as if we're just absolutely their property. See, a citizen is a subject. And if you're a subject, that means you've been subjugated. Bible says subject ourselves to the higher powers. That's what it told us to subject ourselves to. It didn't tell us to go down there and join up with Nebuchadnezzar. He uh, told you to give to Caesar that which is Caesar's, and to give to God that which is God's. And if in him you live, breathe, and move, and have your existence, and God owns all the mountains, all the hills, all the cattle, all the sheep, all the gold, all the silver, then I question what Caesar ever owned to begin with. So, you know, once again, it's a line in the dirt. No man can serve two masters. That's even in our minds. Because ultimately, if you're serving a false master, that's where it's going to be at. And a lot of people's never considered it from that perspective. You know, Gary used to come on these calls telling people all the time about the Title 26, Paragraph 86, 501c3, a nonprofit organization called a church. But ultimately, folks, the government is on our shoulders. We have no one else to blame but ourselves. And when we realize that, you see, in our greatest weakness is where we find our greatest power. We're kind of like in, kind of like the in the Marvel comics. We're kind of like the Incredible Hulk. When he looks in, or, or David Banner, I should say, when he looks into the mirror and he sees the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk looks back at him and says, puny, puny human. You see, he's looking at his spirit. And the spirit is acknowledging that the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. His spirit's one bad mamma jamma. That's why the Incredible Hulk always has on the purple pants. He's representing high keter, the high mind. Gamma radiation. That means he's he's, and the, he's crossed over the veil of the temple. That means he's already lit up the pineal gland, the pyramid, the light in the middle column. Because that's what the pyramids are really laying out, the human brain. That's what the king's chamber and the, uh, the queen's chamber and 
the subterranean chamber is really showing you the different levels and aspects of the mind. And when he's green, ancient, he shows forth. Ancient. Sir? And when he's green, he's showing forth the love because that comes from Absolutely. the heart. I know they show him. They show him as an angry beast, but he's really not. That's a false reflection of what he's really all about. Well, they're showing you the power side of the of the hidden aspect, and the hidden aspect. And you know, from that perspective, it is a beast. From that from that perspective, the law is no respecter of person. And if it's activated to operate on your behalf, well, a good example, if, if you want to see it, all the people have to do is study what happened not too far from where I'm at with a little hung papa Indian called Sitting Bull, where he had his, he had his vision. Seen grass, seen the soldiers coming out of the sky like grasshoppers, and the great spirit had given them to him. Read the book of Psalms, and he tells you, "I'll give you the heathen on the earth as your inheritance if you just ask." And what did he tell the people? Well, the great spirit gave them to us. He's going to deliver them to us. And seven days later, guess who would come riding in the camp? You see, he called the end result from the beginning. See, he, he was telling you, I mean, he wore, wore bonnet, didn't he? He was telling you, I mean, he's from the horns of Ephraim. Tonka, he shows you the horns of the altar. He's showing you that he's practicing that hidden divine law. That's why the first thing, what did they say? Oh, no more old religion. <laughs> no more old language. I mean, you think about it. If they were doing that ghost dance out there and it didn't mean anything, then why did the agency of Indian Affairs get so concerned about these people just out there dancing? Well, they didn't have no weapons. Why were they so concerned about these people simply dancing? Because these people wouldn't stop. Take off your feet, off your shoes, Moses. You're on on sacred land, hallowed ground. Hmm. If Abel's blood cried out from the earth, hmm. Could it be that they were impregnating the earth, the mother of all life? that sustain them and give them everything? The earth itself that we live on is a special, unique organism that not only operates on a physical, carnal level, but it also operates on a spiritual level. You might not realize it, folks, but every tree out there, every flower out there, is singing just like the birds do. It might not be audible to the human ear, but is a dog whistle? Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
That's the problem with people. If they can't see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, then dadgummit, it don't exist. I trust the science. And that's the way these people think. They don't realize to be quote-unquote godly, you've got to get in touch with that spiritual nature of life itself. The world's not going to teach you that. In fact, the world is enmity to that. That's why it's the Antichrist. The system that we must overcome. Sit down our Father's throne and overcome. I mean, it's all right there laid out in those scriptures over and over and over and over. Once we get the right, the correct perspective of what's really being said. It's not about religion at all. It's about as a man thinketh in his own heart, so is he. There, that sums up the entire Bible right there. One sentence. As a man thinketh in his own heart, so is he. That's too simple for people to grasp. So they give them all of these stories. That's why the biblical Jesus said, they only bear witness of me, folks. <laughs> but it ain't me. See, the real me is in you. Emmanuel, in man is the L. In man is this El Shaddai law. Just waiting for someone to look for the angle of the corner. Some an angler, a fisher of men, learning how to go within and fish. Fish for this thought, this idea, this concept, and allow it to manifest because we've held on to it in our mind's eye. Every time it comes to comes to mind, we give thanks for it. We empower this thought. We bridge the gap from the spiritual realm back to our physical reality and become a true son or daughter of the living God because we've fulfilled what yod heh vav really means, the true name and nature of God. Become like the biblical priest and went in and out and found this green pasture. Hallelujah. So, Amen, brother. In blessing and in cursing. We're the operator. We're the chooser. I hope in this lifetime you find love. I hope in this lifetime you find joy. Amen. But more so, I hope in this lifetime you give love. And you give joy. And with that, folks, I'm going to kind of back out of here. I love each and every one of you. I love you enough to even put myself out here to tell all of this stuff that in reality has been blind, been kept from the people. Yes. You know, if they really wanted you to know this, you wouldn't have to look as hard as we, we wouldn't have to look as hard as we do to find it. Amen. I'm honored to be able to, to expose what I found and what it's done in my life. And I hope it blesses you each and every one of you as much as this blessed me. With that, I'm going to back, like I said, I'm going to back out of here and say shalom to each and every one of you. I love you, and I look forward to seeing you next weekend, all of you. Amen. Jim, I'm going to give it back to you, and I'm going to sit back and listen here. 
I understand, brother, and I, we want to thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you brought forward. You know, that it that it be a blessing to our heart and to our ears. That we may, it stirs something within us to cause us to rise up and do. And give the honor unto the divine law and the creator that is. That we may not only love ourselves, but love our fellow man, as the word says. And I am honored and I am uh, thankful for what you brought forth tonight. And I thank uh, Yava for each and every one that's on this call. You know, there's nothing by chance and there's nothing by coincidence. Everything is ordered and purposed under the sun for each of us. He said a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to refrain from crying, a time to live, a time to die, the whole gamut. We just have to, you know, stand like the scripture says. After we've done all we can do, just stand and know that it is. No matter what it looks like or what it seems like, just stand and give thanks for your heart's desire and what your prayer is for mankind and for this planet. And he says he would give you the desires of your heart. Like you were talking about in the dream world, you don't know if it's real or not. It is real. In in the spiritual world and in the physical world. You know, he said, while, while you're yet asking, which is what you're visualizing and seeing or possibly dreaming your desire, the answer's already on the way. And when you're dreaming it, it's reflecting back at you and tell you, I'm coming, it's on the way. Just be patient. It'll be there. We're, we, are, we are walkers in two worlds. Not only this three-dimensional world, but we are the spiritual beings in the spiritual world. And we're making that connection like you were saying earlier about the veil. You know, and, but he said he rent that veil. He ripped it in two. So we can enter the spiritual and the physical and the blessings flow back and forth like you, you were saying in that scripture. We can go in and out and find pasture. I mean, it, it's such a mighty and wonderful thing of the word coming forward and the things that the divine eternal creator one that's in us opens up unto our hearts and our minds for us to see and receive. And I, I just want to thank you, brother, for the because you have blessed me immensely. And and you too, Sister Donna. And uh, we are praying for you and your mother and your husband Steve and your your family your brothers and everyone 
And may Yahweh bless you, keep you, raise you up in perfect divine health, each and every one of you. And may he give you the desires of your heart that are good, good, and very good. And that or something better. And that it's pressed down, shaken together, and running over. More than you can ask or think of. No matter what it is. He said he'll give you the fullness thereof. And with that, brother, I love you and I appreciate you. And you too, Donna, and everyone else that's listening to this call. Uh, you know, if we're in agreement, I will end the call. So thank you. Yava bless you and keep you. Good night, everyone. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.